0: There is a huge need for leadership, now more than ever. This is a core focus for Empowering My Skin, and we will be leveraging every opportunity to push out content that will help develop and cultivate the leadership spirit in as many people as possible. One billion humans is our number. In a four-part series, we will cover four key emerging leadership skills with John Collinson. John is a favorite on our podcast with well over 26 years of experience in leadership. He has a vault of information that he's generously opening up about to help you, the listener, strengthen your unique leadership toolkit. Every episode in this series is geared towards helping you, the seasoned, developing, or emerging leader, strengthen your potential, ability, and aspiration for higher levels of impact and influence. The second skill that we're tackling is emotional intelligence also known as EI. This is most often defined as the ability to perceive, use, understand and handle emotions. People with high emotional intelligence can recognize their own emotions and those of others. Use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior, discern between different feelings and label them appropriately and adjust emotions to adapt to environments. Yes, great day, and welcome to our next Emerging Leaders Skills episode. I'm joined by the amazing John Collinson, one of my favorite humans on the planet, and today's topic is one that's actually really, really near and dear to my heart, um, and I truly believe it's really, really important, emotional intelligence, and so often most defined as the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. So, John, it's so funny. In the last episode, you alluded to as I asked you some of the questions, is how you evolved from sort of that technology leader um, into sort of the big, you know, big people leader that you are on today. And you and you and you talked about there's an evolution to you around this. So, very excited to (laughs) very excited to dig into this. So, um, very similar to the last episode, you know, how would John describe emotional intelligence and and why it matters? uh
1: thanks for for this um emotional intelligence for me is a A, it's been a huge challenge uh and we'll get into that today i'm assuming um but for me it's recognizing how to have enough awareness of how the people you're working with are uh, you're, you're perceiving the people you're working with as well as how you're um, what's the word you know, pre- presenting yourself to them, right? How, how am I having the right personal and internal intelligence to behave in a certain way or react in a certain way? And, and uh, and 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 so it's a bi directional intelligence, it's not just about me reading you, it's about me reading me in the moment with you.
0: <laughs> and what, why does it? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but um can you go a little bit deeper as to why you recognize it's so important now, especially, especially over the last couple of years where we've had such a shift in how we lead and interact. Yeah. With
1: for students. for me, it's, um, and I don't want this to be perceived as I don't care about people. Cause I've always been a caring person, but I have not had the best, um, sonar or radar as it, you know, as it relates to understanding or reading either their body language or their motion, you know, in their voice or, you know, whatever that happens to be the trigger of any particular human. I just am not well wired in that regard. Right. I'm very much a you know, left brain type person uh, in science, that type of thing. Um, and so for me, a lot of what I know about how to leverage emotional intelligence and benefit, you know, in interactions and, and leadership, be, you know, through it has been, uh, you know, due to some great coaches and great mentors and, uh, you know, a wife that kicks me under the table regularly um, to help me recognize those moments. And as much as, many people are surprised when I say I'm not naturally an EQ person because I'm not, I will admit that. Um, My IQ side kind of adapts to help me be a better EQ person Mm -hmm. because I've learned how to, I've taught myself how to recognize the the signs, the symbols, the language that is driving people's um, emotional response that I can then digest and, appropriately respond Mm -hmm. to right Mm -hmm. and so uh it is a challenge you know i don't get it right all the time Mm -hmm. i know Mm -hmm. i don't get it right all the time Mm -hmm. um but you know as leaders we have to learn and adapt and grow Mm -hmm. and uh we aren't all given the same toolkit Mm -hmm. right and so this is one that i have you know if you well you and i hadn't known each other about that long but you know around the time you met me I was very much at the beginning of my EQ journey, Mm. right? Um, And my, you know, emotional intelligence journey. Uh, Prior to that, my focus was on, do we have the right technical solution? You know, am I the person that came up with that really great idea? Like, you know, I was very much in the tell, tell, tell mode. And, Mm. you know, and, you know, I'm an extrovert. I, I, I still love being with people, but my focus on being with people was very different. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Whereas today it's around how can I create community and how can I help people, you know, as a, as a leader leading as many people as I do, my success isn't going to be measured by, did I solve the next technical problem? My success is, did I create an environment where the other 500 people that work with me Mm -hmm. are getting the right support and guidance and coaching to solve Mm -hmm. hundreds of technical problems, Mm -hmm. right? And and it's a very different lens when, when, you know, as you think about the spectrum of my career from being, you know, hands-on keyboard developer 26 years ago to, you know, someone that leads the team that they were working on 26 years ago. um, That's a true story. Um, You know, it's, it's a big evolution.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people will be shocked to hear that (laughs) because of, I think the way people connect with you and how you engage and what you get involved in and the fact that you are, um, and I I mean, we have a lot of leaders that I've, you know, that I obviously admire, um, but in my career, you're one of those that is, is always leans in to help people. And <laughs> to me, that does require someone who has good at eq because you understand the importance of imparting your knowledge your experience your skill being there to help somebody to help them you know grow and continue to better themselves and so um i say all of that to say now is you know help somebody who maybe <laughs> maybe is okay well now that john's admitted that maybe i too you know um am you know less on le- more on the IQ than EQ. So how do I make it more intentional? Like what would be, what would that look like maybe on a day to day basis? Like what have you had to do? So can to I, be, can I just
1: peel the onion on your comments before we answer that sure, question? Sure. I want to just differentiate at least in my own head. There's a slight distinction in there that I think is important. Okay. Since a young child, I would say I was always willing to help. Okay. Okay. That part, I've never had a concern with, um, you know, I'll be that person that goes to the person that's sitting in the corner being lonely when I recognize it. Mm -hmm. That's the intelligence part that I struggle with is I don't always recognize it. Mm -hmm. Right. So my natural inclination is to be a caring person and to lean in where I can. What I've had to learn is if you explicitly tell me I need help, I'll help. Mm -hmm.
0: No Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. When it's, subtle it's implied it's body language it's you know um you know someone's you know you've had a loss in your family and i'm not reading the look on your face like that's the part i've always struggled with is i can't read the the street signs
0: got it got it Mm -hmm. right
1: and so i just want to make sure we're you know as we talk through this dialogue there is a difference between having the capacity to help and the Mm -hmm. desire to help Mm -hmm. versus having the intelligence, you know, the emotional intelligence to recognize the street signs mm-hmm. and be able to then take action on my own. And that's where a lot of people have helped me learn mm-hmm. how to read the street signs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not because I'm not a caring and compassionate individual. It's more of that signs scream all the time. Okay. I get that I
0: distinction. Am. Okay. 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 So, so still my question then is now, so what are you doing and, and what, Like, how do you, how are you more intentional and what does that look like?
1: Um, So, so part of it has been, you know, like I, like I stated a little bit, you know, intentionally knowing that I have a problem to fix. Yeah. Right. So recognizing I can't read those signs. I've now had, I've spent a lot of time and I've had some great people in my life that have first let me know, you're not reading the sign properly. (laughs) And then taught me, this is how you read the sign, this is how you react. And that, and that, that so that's in the me recognizing the perspective. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, they've told me, Yeah, but you can't react that way. Right? Because you know, sometimes, you know, being the EQ or sorry, the IQ type person, I I had a behavior that I know I've had and I still probably do a little bit, but I I catch myself a lot more. It's an awareness that Words have I, I I you know being being the black and white person I am, words have a very specific meaning. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. But I never saw the word I was using as necessarily being the reason someone was upset. Got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people have coached me or don't use that word, use this word. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I went through I went through some course training a few years ago on leaders, you know, agile mindset. As you head into leadership in an agile way, and they taught you know that particular course talks about red words and green
0: words. Mm-hmm.
1: Red words have a harsh, negative connotation to the recipient of the word. Green words have more inviting connotation mm-hmm. to the recipient of the word. Right, and so uh, that type of learning, plus coaching from various individuals, plus coaching from how I'm reacting. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, people teaching me how to you know, how to listen more, talk less. Mm-hmm. Right, you know um uh, that's been a hard one for me because i like to talk but i've le- you know i've learned that uh, i can have a much more beneficial impact as a leader giving people the opportunity to speak let them mm-hmm. let their emotions out let me hear mm-hmm. let me and then and then respond right
0: mm-hmm. which is a great lead into my next question which is all around the impact like that emotional intelligence has on leadership effectiveness and so you know, can you talk about how you have observed, maybe just through your own experience, I think I love storytelling, is how have you observed people have responded to differently? Like, how has it changed your interactions with your colleagues, peers, family, like?
1: Um, Let's start with colleagues, and I will go to the family. I won't shy away from that part. Um, Yeah, I think colleagues-wise certainly my brand and my reputation for the first 20, 15 to 20 years of my career was on the IQ side and people saw me that way. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone would have been surprised at that point in time in my career to say I was more of an IQ person than an EQ mm-hmm. person. Right. I think the evolution of my career and therefore of the, um, you know, my behavior today is, um, you know, that I've learned how to digest more. But I've also learned, uh, you know, as, as we're in an environment now where it is acceptable, at least in our environment, to bring your true self to the office, uh, you know, we don't often talk about men changing their own perspectives of how they bring themselves to the office, right? So, you know, I wasn't always as open as I am today around how I feel and around how I care about others. Right. And so um, as you're well aware, I spend a lot of time on, uh, you know, inclusion, diversity of all peoples. I don't mm-hmm. focus on any particular um, identity or community specifically. I'm a big believer that everybody has the right to be at the table and, mm-hmm. you know, bring, you know, and that diversity helps us all be stronger mm-hmm. and solve greater problems. Right. And so I wasn't always of that perspective because, in some respects, I was keeping that aspect of me internalized. Mm. Because, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, I, they talk about this in the book, book uh,
0: Athena Rising.
1: Athena Rising, you know, it, it was against the code, so to speak, right? And so, um, you know, me being able to be more open hmm. about who I am has allowed me to be a better leader and has unlocked my ability to really think about my emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. more than I did before that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, I think, you know, going back to the root question or how's it helped with my colleagues, you know, I think it's allowed me to be more open to everyone at the table. Mm -hmm. Right. And to, regardless of your identity or the role in your organization, you know, my doors open and we can speak on any topic. And I think it's over time, it's made, uh, had similar impacts on, on my family life. I was blessed by having grown up in a family that demonstrated and modeled that caring belief system from the day I was born. And I, you know, I think we've tried to do that in in the family that my wife and I have created together, but like, uh, Like any relationship, those things evolve. Mm -hmm. I I think we're stronger today than we were 29 years ago when we got married. But Mm -hmm. um, continuous improvement is a a continuous exercise, and we continue to do
0: that. (laughs) And so um, can Uh, you either share through your own experience, but how, if you are a strong EQ um, leader, um, or even just – Let's just take people in general, so you are strong on the eQ and how to navigate experiences, circumstances, situations with people that are lower eq. Any tips?
1: <laughs> for me, it's probably easier than others because I can put myself in their shoes, right <laughs> <laughs> so So for me, a lot of it is digesting, okay. And, and maybe I, I guess I shouldn't. It's not the same pattern. I have the advantage of having studied to be a teacher before I switched to computer science many years ago, mm-hmm. and you know, in 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 learning to be a teacher, they teach you about learning styles. Different people have different learning styles, and so as you teach, you have to adapt to those learning styles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the same applies to leadership with just people's influence styles, right? How I influence you may be different than how I influence some, you're a very EQ person, right? How I influence somebody that is very analytical, Mm -hmm. binary, right? And, you know, sometimes you have to put the words in in their context of how do you get them to realize that there is a binary decision you could make here in this emotional moment, Mm. right? You could react this way, And then you think about how's that person going to be, you know, interpret that reaction or you can react that way. And how's the person. And to be honest, that's how some of the people coached me Mm -hmm. is to give me those examples first. And now I've started to evolve my thinking and reprogram myself and unlearn and relearn. And you know, so you have to look at, you know, it's not a, and this is where I think I struggle with it in the moment. You and I have a great relationship right? We've known each other a long time. You having a, a a moment with me, I'll recognize it. I'll, you know, hopefully respond in a way that's supportive and and helpful to you. Whereas if somebody new walked in the door right now,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right, it's going to take me time to build them up, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: To go, okay, how is this person reacting? And, and I find that I see this sometimes in my own behavior with new members uh, of the team where, initially we may not hit it off well Mm. because i'm not reading them right they're not reading me right And you know especially if you get two type a type people because i'm a type a person you get a little bit of that friction right but i've found in a lot of those relationships you give me a couple of months and suddenly we're like working right together
0: because yeah
1: (laughs) all right that didn't work let's try this right like and so you know just like technical intelligence, emotional intelligence is learned, yeah. right? You, know, mm-hmm. you go to math, you get the answer wrong three times, then you learn the pattern, and go, yeah. Okay, that's how I do it. Yeah. Emotional intelligence in my mind anyways is the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's you know, you've gotta you've gotta have enough interaction with various people of different types mm-hmm. to recognize the ideas and recognize the demonstrated behaviors and mm-hmm. recognize what the appropriate reaction is in that context mm-hmm. and for that individual. Yeah. Right. And it may be a different reaction for some different person because their style is different or their, uh, you know, triggers of influence Mm -hmm. are different. Right? Yeah.
0: It's funny. I think one of the biggest things that came like just this inspired by what you just said is I think in in those situations where you do maybe have some conflict, there's always going to be another opportunity. I think sometimes we don't push the conflict so much like you have to recognize that you we'll get another chance. Like you just kind of massaged it initially. And then the next time you meet with this person again, you have a little bit more information and you can, and you could probably figure out how to work a little bit better together. But I think the most important thing is when you meet with that person or persons, again, it's, it's just, it's that elimination of judgment, you know, it's sort of saying that, you know, um, it's, you know, you're almost meeting them in that space and allowing that space to, um, to reveal and, and, and what it needs to reveal versus bringing whatever it is that you felt from the last time into that space yeah. and having it contaminated in, in essence, in a sense, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think you're on spot on.
0: So, remote hybrid. We remote. are in this. <laughs> we we are trying to we're trying to figure i think last last session you talked about how it's like we're on this third tier right where it's like we're trying to figure out how to make the the both work but you know how has remote and hybrid work settings influenced you know sort of this whole emotional intelligence especially now um post the lockdowns and we're getting back together like what have you observed
1: so we've gone through this spectrum <laughs> We started with this, you know, we we had this set of relationships that we only knew through the physical world in a, I'll call it private island mode in the office, right? Mm -hmm. right? You know, we saw each other there and then we all went our separate ways and personal life was, for the most part, distinct and separate. Then we went into this complete polar opposite scenario where suddenly we were all looking at each other as you and I are right now, through a bot. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in the window into your, your personal life. You got your art on your wall. You know um, you know, some families have had children show up on their screen. You know, remember, I remember there was a young woman. She just had a child. She worked for me a couple of years, a couple of years ago. And uh, her, she, her, her child had pulled the plug out of the, of the microphone out of her laptop. And so instead of the headset filtering out the sound, all we could hear was the baby talking. <laughs> right. And it was the best. I was like <laughs> killing myself because I'm like, this is so real. This is the, these people are human, right? They, they have the same problems we all have. Right. And, and so now we're in this spectrum of swinging back to what is the blended world look like, because we've gained a lot from being, remote Mm -hmm. but we've lost a lot from being remote in that you know you and I didn't see each other in person for about two years Mm -hmm. right um
0: one time we saw each other yeah yeah but but it
1: it took you know and 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 you know we we maintained connection you know we worked together for for a good piece of that time but it was still good to come back together as humans in person right Mm -hmm. and and that's how we're going to have to find the balance. Is mm. it's hard, you know, reading body language on a flat screen. You know, uh, you know when the mute button's off and you can't hear the expressions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the room, if you sigh because you didn't like it, I'll catch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you sigh because you didn't like what somebody just said on Zoom or WebEx it's because it's on mute. I'm never going to catch that side. I'm never going to see you like tighten your fingers and your fist below the screen, right. (laughs) Or any of those other body language type things that would be going on. Right. Um, And, and so all of those signals, right. And the technology doesn't help us, right. Different voices are picked up different ways. So, you know, I've, I've heard women say they, they talk right over me. Well, they did some men talk right over women in general, which isn't a good thing, but, some of it isn't because it's a man or, or a woman. It's your voice isn't being picked up well by the microphone, right? Some people say I don't come through well because I have a very deep voice and they're not they're not hearing me well as well. So, or the quality of the equipment you have, right? Mm-hmm. So, things that are perceived as maybe interaction moments mm-hmm. due to human to human thought processes yeah. are actually being caused by the technology, yeah. Yeah. and and we don't even realize it, right? And so, um. You know, I, I think this whole emotional intelligence has you know thought process as we pivoted from physical to remote to hybrid has got to be a continuous learning journey to say what we could depend on from an inputs perspective in physical became very different than what we could depend on. And and then now if we go to hybrid, you know, we we're gonna get a little bit of both. Yeah. But but now you've got the additional complexity of not everybody wants to physically be in back in the office, yeah. and so you know, does that create an additional complexity for us as leaders to say to making sure I'm not, I'm, I'm supporting both people both, that yeah. are in person and not mm-hmm. in person equally? Mm-hmm. We actually had this problem before, but we didn't really think about it that way. And that was there were the people that worked in my physical location, and then there were the people that worked in some other physical location, mm-hmm. right? That discrepancy existed before, but we didn't really focus on it, Mm -hmm. right? And now, now we've amplified it because we've now said working remote, even if you're physically in the same geography, Mm -hmm. is acceptable from for from time to time.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, different organizations have different you know desires around how frequent that is, but you know, it could be you know somewhere on that spectrum. Mm
0: Irrespective, there's still, there's still, you've got to solve for it. it, So,
1: you know, listening skills become more important, I think, uh, and I'm somewhat guilty of this, although I think I do it better than many, uh, multitasking in the flexible environment, in the remote environment is actually a detriment to emotional intelligence because you're not truly paying attention as well as you think.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so those subtle hints or those things that you should be reacting to, you may not pick up if you're also sitting on three other screens, trying to answer emails or do Mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're physically in the room and I used to force people to close their laptops when we were having an in-person meeting, because I want to talk to you, right? That creates a much different interpersonal relationship. Mm -hmm. And therefore you get better triggers from, And I just, you know, an EQ Mm -hmm. perspective.
0: Mm -hmm. How about just a sidebar question for you? Um, Just, I'm not sure why it triggered. Did you, did you have any situation where, you know, somebody that you connected with in the off like pre-COVID, it was great, you were, you know, great energy together, and then you just could not connect with them over virtual and and maybe even as a result, the relationship distance over the last couple of years. Did Did you have any of those experiences?
1: I can't say that I did. If anything, my, my, my network expanded
0: (laughs) expanded exponentially because (laughs)
1: because I was reaching out to everybody through, through LinkedIn to try and, you know, I, I, I used it as an opportunity to say, like, look, you know, we were hearing a lot from people that aren't in roles like mine, you know, in more senior roles. And I said, hold on, you guys aren't the only ones having these challenges. Like, Let let you're... me share what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working in my garage, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, you know, it was. I'm not anymore, but it was, it was part of it for me was to help get people enough, an and and to give them some guidance or yeah. coaching or feel like someone was there for them, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not saying my my guidance was perfect or you know, was mm-hmm. the only guidance you should follow, yeah. but I was trying to let people have an opportunity to receive a message yeah. that may help them stay on a good path. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and so that, that whole, that whole remote situation was a challenge. Right? Yeah, it was a I'm challenge, an extroverted yeah. person. Yeah. You know that, mm-hmm. right. You know, as much as I love the other three people that live in this house with me, um, not seeing other people yeah. for that long was period tough. of time. Was like tough. my mother lives 15 minutes from here and, you know, it took me almost a year and a half before I mm-hmm. gave her a hug. Right. Mm-hmm. like It was, uh, it wasn't easy for a guy that likes to
0: hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I didn't have this question for you, but, um, but I just wanted to support sort of a little bit of a lead off from what you were talking about earlier. So what, what are some of the top questions that leaders should be asking themselves to say, Hey, I am not creating, you know, sort of bi- like, I'm not creating biases, you know, for people that are remote or in person, right? Like what what are some of those honest questions that they have to be asking themselves about their leadership and how they, you know, sort of work through that with, with the people on their teams?
1: I think the first one is, are you intentionally creating the space for everyone to be heard regardless of where they happen to be, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately around how how do I ensure that if I've got three people in the room and two on the phone mm-hmm. – or on Webex or whatever, right? How do I ensure that everyone has a voice, mm-hmm. right? And we used to do, you know, I was coached to try to do that in person, mm-hmm. but you, I would say it's amplified even further in the remote or hybrid situation and that you really need to make sure they're not hiding behind the mute button or hiding behind the fact they've got their camera turned off because not everyone's comfortable having the video turned on, mm-hmm. right? Some people find it very fatiguing mm-hmm. you know, having mm-hmm. your, your picture on the screen. Um, and so... I take time to explicitly check in with them. Um, mm-hmm. you know some people don't like the fact that we jabber at the beginning of a meeting for five minutes about whatever's going on in the world or you know whose mm-hmm. kid went to which camp this week. That mm-hmm. is an important step in my mind of these hybrid and flexible mm-hmm. remote work because it gives you a sense of a few minutes of not specific to work related just to check in to see if everyone's okay without mm-hmm. actually explicitly asking
0: mm-hmm.
1: for it. right yeah. Right, it's just it, it creates that opportunity for people to mm-hmm. to you know kind of have the you know the water cooler type chat mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. being at the water cooler, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think it's very important because if, if you're just going meeting to meeting to meeting, topic to topic to topic, and you're never having that chance to shoot the breeze, build mm-hmm. community, build relationships, yeah. yeah, get yeah. to know each other, yeah. right? Yeah. It just mm-hmm. uh, you know you and I have had some of those chats. Other mm-hmm. people, I do it pretty consistently at the beginning, you know, just check in and, you know, not necessarily with a pointed question more yeah. than just, how's everybody doing? Yeah, What's going on?
0: Yeah, see, Everybody yeah, have a good do, weekend, now. right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's something that I read. It was either a podcast or I heard it recently, but it talks about the importance of doing rules of engagement now, you know? So um, especially in hybrid, like maybe even if you're in the office, sometimes it'd be, if there are people that are going to be remote, just this meeting is going to be cameras on this meeting is going to be cameras off, right? Something to like sort of say, state the rules of engagement ahead of time. So that people know how to show up for a meeting. Sometimes it yeah. really, really helps, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think the other the other one that's important is staying in tune of world issues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as, you know, we, and we think about all the world issues that occurred over the last, uh, you know, two years through, through the time we were suffering from the pandemic, right? You know, George Floyd and the number of various things that happened in the black community, the residential school situation in the indigenous community, uh, you know, the violence in, uh, you know, Lebanon and Israel, the COVID situation in India, like all of these things were having emotional impacts on various members of our community that we had to explicitly think about Mm. in a virtual world as leaders to make sure we were checking in with our people to make sure they were okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas in the physical world, that probably would have naturally happened just because we're all together. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, the water cooler, the coffee pot chats would have started to allow us to get a sense of how, you know, I used to always do in our office, you know, management by walkabout where Mm I just circle the floor each day for half an hour, just to kind of read people's body language. Right. You can't do that in the physical or in the virtual world. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so, you know, you have to therefore be explicit about, you know, being aware, right? Um, and not, not just to the negative but the positive, but, you know, when, when different religions are celebrating different ceremonies or or, or uh, occasions, recognize them, make sure they're actually feeling comfortable taking their time to go celebrate eat, yeah. or... Uh, you know I'm not very good at all of these uh, holidays but you know Christmas or, or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. uh, etc right like and and they're not all religious right mm-hmm. you know the you know the indigenous communities you know they all have their different powwows to mm-hmm. celebrate their heritage uh, you know there's all sorts of different events that are important to various people's identity that aren't mm-hmm. all linked to religion
0: yeah.
1: um, but are important to mm-hmm. and and as a leader, supporting an environment that recognizes that and allows those people to be their whole selves and therefore more comfortable, you know, as you say in this podcast, empowered in your skin. Well, it's being comfortable in your skin, right? Because in the end, if people, Mentally, physically, take good care of themselves, and can good care of their family. They're going to do awesome work,
0: yeah, yeah, right. But they're not
1: going to do awesome work if you don't create the space for them to go take care of themselves and their family first.
0: That's a great point. It's a very valid point. Yeah. So, in business context, how can emotional intelligence be misused? (laughs)
1: Because yeah. it can definitely be misused. I think there are people out there. Um, I don't think I'm smart enough to do it that way, but I think there are people out there that do use their emotional intelligence to be able to use that as a way to influence outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not ideal, but, uh, I think if you, if you can get it, you know, some people might refer to this as politics. Um, But if you can, if you can get people to, you know, change, you know, evolve their thought process or you can uh, trigger an emotional, you know, outcome in an individual through how you read them, Mm -hmm. that could change their performance, that could change their drive. That Mm -hmm. makes so, you know, hopefully we're all using these things to get the best out of our people, people. Mm -hmm. but uh, sometimes sometimes different people might have a different definition of what the best is. Yes.
0: yeah. Yeah. Have you seen evidence of
1: it? No, I can't say that I've seen overt yeah. evidence of it, and certainly not at large scales. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you believe it's possible?
1: I, I, yeah. I, I can give you the wrong technical solution, too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think whether it's emotional <laughs> intelligence or technical intelligence, I think. Um you can do you in the same way that I can do bad with tech, I can do bad with emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and, and end up in a uh, you you know, in, in a situation that isn't positive and isn't well intended. Uh so you know, I think we all have to be the checks and balances to the peers in the ecosystem mm-hmm. to say are we building the right solutions and are we using technology in the right way and are we, you know, coaching our people in the right directions yeah. or um or, or using uh, you know, our emotional intelligence yeah. to discern, you know, discern outcomes that ne- aren't necessarily the best uh, advancement of the organization. Yeah.
0: And so as a wrap-up, I'm going to ask you this question in a very interesting way. So you have this opportunity to put one call to action in a bottle that you believe if when it's open, time capsule you know ten years mm-hmm. from now, it will be so it like still relevant as it relates to this topic. What would that be so when that time capsule is opened up and it's read out to the to the world, you know it will be it will still be as effective or even more so ten years later what what is that
1: <laughs> i I think that that piece of guidance that I hope people will learn, but let's see whether they do over the next 10 years is as leaders, we need to take the time to get to know our people Mm -hmm. because the more you know them, the better that you can be emotionally connected to them. And the better you can be emotionally connected to them, the better you'll be able to read them and you'll be able to tailor your behavior with them to, to their needs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with that strength, which I'll be honest, me giving you this answer from me personally is I'm proud of myself, actually, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because because I probably wouldn't have given you that answer seven or eight years ago. It's it's been a journey. And 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 I think. I believe I can deliver better outcomes as a leader with a group of people, because I've now recognized the importance of knowing the people and understanding the people and understanding how they get excellence from themselves and and by unlocking their potential by clearing that path that's my job as a leader and so hopefully if people in that time capsule can recognize the importance of going to know going to get to know your people yeah that will unlock all believe, sorts of things over the next 10 years
0: i believe that i think that's a timeless piece of advice i think that's an amazing call to action and i truly believe it's like as we get to know each other like better like through our experiences we we truly do become more connected and we bring our best selves. Like, and then we we're doing our best work. Yes. I love it. I love it. So there you have it. We're on episode number two. Next, we're talking about the being, how, you know, as a leader, we change. Change is always happening. And so we're going to pick John's brain on how do we, you know, really show up and be adaptable to change no matter what that change may be. So very excited about our next episode. So, but for today, this is where I have to say,
1: We're
0: out. Bye-bye. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl, and I'm out.